Another episode of It Takes a Village, a podcast of Healing Hands International based out of Nashville, Tennessee. My name is Taryn Foster, and I'm joined by my co-host, Mark Gent. Hello, Taryn. Hey, Mark. Well, we're excited to be here for another episode of It Takes a Village. Um, This is fun. We're uh, nearing the end of season two. Yep. And uh, so if you're just tuning in for the first time, you can go back and check out who we are what we're doing but today we are excited to have paul nance on the podcast we love paul paul is from hillsborough church of christ here in nashville and he's got a really cool story to share yep about how his church um, got connected in a very uh, unique way to this sixth grade girl here in nashville who left Mm -hmm. five dollars on their doorstep Mm -hmm. and this goes back to uh, over the last few months you've heard us talk about the family bucket project that we are in the midst of Um, partnering with um, organizations in Eastern Europe uh, to provide everyday essentials and necessary supplies to the refugees who are fleeing Ukraine. And so as you hear us talk about that on this episode, uh, that's what we're referring to. And you can go back and learn more about it in episode 11 with Gary Jerkins from Sea Star Kids. But uh, Paul has a great story to share, and it's very unique just in how God uh, is working um, through him and through them and through the national media to just bring attention to the crisis. Yeah, Paul is great, and I'm excited for you guys to hear this episode. So sit back, relax, and enjoy our conversation with Paul Nance. All right, we want to welcome Paul Nance to the podcast. Paul, thanks for driving over today and joining us. So glad to be here. Yeah, welcome, Paul. So Thanks. nice to meet you for the first time ever. <laughs> Thank you, Darren. All the way from Hillsborough Road. Uh, took you about, what, 12 minutes to get it here? It sounds like it would be close with traffic and um, and all the road construction right now around Overton High School, and it was not fun. It was, we go. Nor was it fast. Well, we are excited to have you here and honored that you came on the podcast today. Yeah. So Paul is married to Lynn, who is a second-grade teacher. They have three kids, Matthew, Jonathan, and Lindsay. Mm -hmm. He is a Lipscomb lifer. He went to Lipscomb in kindergarten, elementary, high school, and college. Wow. How many years was that? That's 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 a lot of years. Most people would be like 16. Uh, I might have had a few extra years (laughs) in there. That's okay. That's okay. He graduated with a degree in engineering. Um, in honor as ASA president in 1979, so that's awesome. He's had a variety of jobs over the years, but has worked more recently for Lipscomb Athletics as the director of marketing and creative services, and currently serves at Hillsborough Church of Christ as a coordinating minister. And let's just say, in athletics and as coordinating minister at church, how much engineering goes into that? <laughs> yeah. I mean, the, the, logic, the logical thinking is a big part of both of those. Engineer, yeah. I have so much admiration for engineers. <laughs> Me, Me too. too. Me too. Um, so Paul was hired in 1987 to return to Nashville and direct the printing ministry and later the youth ministry. And he changed jobs in 92, but has remained at Hillsborough for 35 years. He <laughs> returned to the staff in January of 2021 after 16 years at Lipscomb Athletics. There you go. That's everything so you, you need. Paul Nance. That's and I've him. known Paul for probably 15 or 20 years now. 
and uh, I've known your family for a long time. Your family has just deep roots here in Nashville, um, in the church community, in the Lipscomb community. Um, I know at Lipscomb, uh, you would look around in almost every department, there was someone you were kin to (laughs) (laughs) over a number of years that was in the family tree. Uh, Your dad was my freshman physics teacher. And, um, and you lived to tell and about I it. And I lived through that. No, no. Um, let's not talk about the grade I made. But <laughs> he, what I, what I remember most about your dad, and he was a Lipscomb legend in the sciences, and was that he remembered my name. You know, out of dozens and dozens, out of hundreds of students that he would have had a year, um, you know, freshman from small town Tennessee comes in. Uh, I'm not very good at physics, but what I remember is not only did he learn my name mm-hmm. my freshman year, but then any time I'd see him on campus after that while I was a student or while I worked there. So, um, yeah, talk to us about, I mean, for you, family is just really important. Talk to us about family. Talk to us about family legacy, which I know is important to you. Give us some insight there. I, I will do that, and I'll tell you one more thing that Dad would re- have remembered is where you sat in class. It was amazing to us that he would frequently, through the years, forget a name, but he would see the face and say, yeah, they sat on the second row on the right. He, For some reason, I don't know if that's how he, how he um, remembered you or associated your name, but he always remembered where people sat in class, and maybe that was, oh, he's the front row guy, or yeah. Mark was a back a back row guy. Yeah, I, I don't remember what row I sat on, but um, and I don't remember much physics right now. But exactly, I remember your dad, and I remember. I mean, Ralph and Betty Nance are are names here in Nashville and in our church community, and uh, that just uh, people uh, just light up when they hear their name. Well, that is, uh, I, I I will tell you that those are compliments I never get tired of hearing. Everybody should be able to. Um, receive compliments about that like that from their parents or their siblings um, about their parents or siblings and a lot don't and so yes I I, I see that as a tremendous blessing one that I did nothing to deserve but God granted that to me and uh, parents tremendous parents and a great set of siblings are um, are a big big part of anything uh, that people could say about me. I'll always take those as compliments. Yeah, large family. How many siblings? There are five of them, six of six, six total. Six of I'm you a, all together. I'm wow. one, yeah. What would you say is a lesson that you your parents passed down to you that you value and appreciate today? Uh, it's, a, it's a good question. And they, uh, I don't know exactly how they did it. They were very, they saw the value in doing things together, um, which is just real, real good. Um, we took vacations, although we couldn't afford them, and so we did all, always camped, never stayed in hotels. They were way too expensive for a family of six children plus two parents, eight. We, um, they had good friends. The curses were good friends, and so any camping trips we took, the curses typically went with us, and so we never re- ate in restaurants. I don't know how mom packed enough food to prepare on a camp stove to feed all of us, but it always worked out. And so the greatest lesson that I learned besides a just a, um, a godly heritage is spending time together, no matter what that took, take vacations together. Uh, and um, it doesn't have to be expensive. But it, uh, but it can be together. It's just that time together. It is. And uh, knowing some of your siblings, I've def- I've seen that and witnessed that, and been the and been a beneficiary of that as a friend. Oh, nice. 
and um, that's great. So you got three kids. Yes. Um, and they live here. They live. Thank goodness. They're all here. Matthew yeah. is in Franklin with his beautiful wife, who is also a teacher uh, and grandson, the, the star of the family right now. Right now. He is uh, just finished kindergarten yesterday and Aww. will begin first grade next year. And he is just awesome. Grandson number one, uh, Jonathan is married to Kelsey. She's awesome. A, um, also a, a speech pathologist who works with children also and just incredible with children. She puts stuff out there on, I don't know how she does, Instagram and stuff like that. That's just so much fun to watch the way that she works with these children. And it's, uh, it's awesome. And then uh, third child is Lindsay, who is um, uh, on TV here in Nashville. Mm-hmm. That's, That's so cool. She's, uh, yeah. they're all, they're all good ones. Thank goodness. <laughs> Thank goodness. <laughs> yeah. So switching gears to your professional life. So your job at Hillsborough, you're the coordinating minister. Yeah. So how long have you been there and what does your job entail? I came last January, right? Um, okay. Right around. Mm-hmm. We were fighting pandemic stuff. And, Great yeah. time um, to make a job. I did, was, wasn't it? Yes. And, uh, this, this is one of my greatest lessons, too, because we came in and we were not meeting. We were at, at best. We're meeting once a week with just a crew to put together um, a Sunday morning live stream service, which we which which we also learned how to do because of the pandemic. And mm-hmm. um, and so what? Uh, I came in then, followed Stan Lauer, who was just a fantastic guy, and everybody in the world loves Stan, and so no, no pressure there at all. Right. But I came in in his footsteps, um, and my job just is to, I, I, I just tell people, my job is to make our ministry, we have a fantastic ministerial staff, and my job is to keep them happy. Whatever that means, whatever they need, whatever I can do to uh to help them anyway that is it and then to keep up with a building which is just a nightmare that i never imagined how to how to keep that many air conditioners and heating systems going <laughs> and plumbing going the right direction and stuff like hey, that you're but an engineer so you would think that yeah maybe see god built that in for <laughs> yeah or the degree <laughs> the anyway degree was in engineering. and so it has all been a, a tremendous learning experience i've been there nearly a year and a half now and i uh, could not imagine a better job you guys have a great church family, and I know several people on staff, and even your location. It's just kind of iconic here in Nashville um, within our tribe and within our fellowship. And the uh, heritage even there, Batsel Barrett Baxter, and the, the legacy that he led through Herald of Truth and all of that good. Uh, I mean, just whenever I stand in that podium, I do not take that for granted. I just think, man, I'm standing where giants stood. Marlon Conley. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah. We've had some fantastic um, – speakers in that ministers in that program so you worked at Lipscomb did uh in athletics so how long you worked there for 16 years almost 16 and it was uh, I was hired by Steve Potts who was the previous um director of athletics and there was no real position he wanted to hire me and I was ready to make a move and so he kind of created one just as a graphics person and Mm -hmm. then was able, this was in the early days of when Lipscomb was going to D1, and so there was very little budget, and certainly not for staff like that. I mean, they were trying to provide scholarships for better athletes and and better coaches and more salaries and stuff like that, and so there was not, I, I, I will always credit Steve Potts with getting me on staff because I love Lipscomb and always have. Mm-hmm. And so he brought me in, and I just caught the bug. I love sports, and I love um 
and I love um, marketing stuff, and so it, it ended up being a good, uh, the director of marketing, and then in later years, transitioned to director of special, event, uh, um, special events and things like that. Anything that I could do to empty trash, whatever I could do <laughs> to stay on staff and to help out. You were always around any athletic event I would go to over the years. I mean, Paul, Paul was there. <laughs> and Paul was working late hours, mm. and you were just uh, in the, in the middle and the buzz of activity uh, that would be going on. A lot of a lot of late nights if you work in ath- college athletics. It was it, that is true, and it was great experience for church work because hours are off hours also, or, or a lot of our hours um, today are off hours, weekends and stuff like that. And so mm-hmm. I was used to it, and so God prepared me. Very well, I, I would think. Yeah. So why that transition from Lipscomb to Hillsborough, and how is that? A good good question. I, uh, I love the leadership there. Um, Philip Hutchison is now the director of athletics and just a tremendous godly guy. He, um, my only requirement were, for a new job was that he was still part of my boss, and he's an elder at Hillsborough, <laughs> and so it worked out, <laughs> worked out great. Um, I think it was just time. There was... Uh, Sports like that is a, is a good young guy's um, arena, and so um, I think it was just time to change my focus, and um, this position opened up, and so several of the of people at Hillsborough reached out to me and asked if, that was, if I would be interested, and I think the timing was just very good for a nice transition into something that maybe was a slightly more long-term that I could see doing for more years than just um, a 60-year-old guy can work in athletics. And your family's been there for how long? They have. We can, Oh, man, this is interesting because um, I came back to Nashville. I moved after working here in Nashville at, at Nashville Magazine mm-hmm. or Plus Media uh, under some Lipscomb guys, really, really great uh, Lipscomb guys. Um, I worked there for a couple of years and then moved to Valdosta, Georgia, just for a breath of fresh air and lived there for six years. One of the elders at Hillsboro, John Hall, called me and said, we got a printing ministry and we know that you have experience in printing. Would you like to come back and run this? Yes. (laughs) Yeah, because we were getting ready to have children. I wanted them to grow up in in a very good environment that I was sure of. I love Valdosta, Georgia, and it would have been a great environment as well. It, it mm-hmm. is and was. And so, but I came back to Lips, or to Nashville because of Hillsboro, worked there for a, a good while, and then went into business world for several years, then to Lipscomb, and then back to, to Hillsboro. But Hillsboro is what brought me back to Nashville, and so I'll always be grateful to them for that. So, Paul, we want to go off of that with Hillsboro. Um, and just the relationship that we have here at Healing Hands with the church. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're celebrating our 30th year um, this year. And um, just as we look back and reflect back on 30 years, we're just grateful for so many churches, both here in Nashville and across the country, mm-hmm. who have helped Healing Hands become the nonprofit organization that we are, where we can serve. And wow. so when we were thinking about uh, who to have on the podcast, we wanted to have you on for recent events that uh, we're going to get to here in a minute that has gotten coverage, but also because of this relationship between uh, you as the church mm-hmm. and us as an organization. And... Um, we're just so grateful. I mean, when we look back 
through the years at how we've partnered together. I mean, you guys have been supporters of ours uh, for nearly 20 years, mm-hmm. maybe longer. Um, just our, our donor base uh, may not go back further than 20 years, but <laughs> I mean, from but we do, but we do know for a fact. I mean, you guys were there supporting us during the tsunami relief in 2005. Uh, the Haiti earthquake hits in mm-hmm. 2010. Mm-hmm. Hillsborough steps up, send us a large check to help um, uh, get funds and relief on the ground as soon as possible. Uh, we've partnered together on shipments to Ecuador. Um, another hurricane hits in the Caribbean in 2017. Mm-hmm. You guys are there. It's like every time we turn around. Um, like other churches, Hillsborough is there and they step up. And that's what we as a nonprofit organization, we rely upon mm-hmm. um, is 100% of donations from churches and individuals. And uh, you've done the Magi Project for a number of years. I know we've helped support mm-hmm. Stan Lowry and the Honduras uh, spring break teams with water filters. Uh, y'all have uh, hosted Walk for Water events. But even here recently, um, just with Ukraine and uh, taking up a collection and supporting funds and uh, the Family Bucket Project, which yep. we'll get to in a minute. But just speak to that as, you know, you've been on staff now for almost a year and a half, but just from your perspective as a yep. minister on staff of um, what that relationship is like between Hillsborough and Healing Hands. Thank, thank you. Your compliments are nice. And, and Hillsborough is an incredibly blessed place and incredibly generous as well and that's one thing that always uh, impresses me continually on on this however there not a however but in addition to that we rely on groups like healing hands as as well because in events like this we lack the expertise we have the generosity and the and the the wherewithal to want to help but we don't always have the expertise and so specifically in this event Healing Hands has been incredibly generous knowing how we can help and how we can direct donations or uh, manual labor or whatever it takes. And so uh, Nashville is blessed with a lot of good good groups. Mm-hmm. Healing Hands has come to the, the top of my list because of, of what you do and the expertise that you have pro- provided um, in this situation specifically. But man alive, are we grateful for, for people like y'all. Well, we appreciate it. And we go off the name of the podcast, It Takes a Village, because it really does. When it comes to a disaster, a humanitarian crisis, mm-hmm. any type of relief that needs to happen, it takes so many churches, organi- uh, individuals, families mm-hmm. to step in does. and make it happen. And, you know, we look at Hillsborough as like, hey, that's one church that helps support us. But your church is made up of like hundreds and hundreds of people make that up to yep. then allow you mm-hmm to financially support us or physically support us and mm-hmm. spiritually support us. So we're, we're just mm-hmm. really grateful. And we've been in the trenches together with it for a couple of decades now, mm-hmm. but that partnership just keeps going deeper and getting stronger. It certainly does from my perspective. I've never appreciated you more than I do right now. And uh, yeah, Well, let's talk about um, what's happened recently yeah. that um, is – uh, uh, you know, where we find ourselves uh, right now in, in the world with the Ugh. humanitarian crisis happening in Eastern Europe with the Russia inva- invading Ukraine mm-hmm. is just heartbreaking. Here we are three months, uh, three plus months into it. 
uh, it's still happening. Uh, refugees spread all over Eastern Europe. And, but there's a particular story that took place shortly after it happened as we were kind of getting um, everything together on our end to see how we can respond. And we put a call out to help to churches. Um, that uh, there's a special story uh, about a little girl named Finnegan. Yeah. Who's in the sixth grade at a uh, school here in Nashville. Mm-hmm. And it's a unique story where you and your church found yourself just really in an unexpected position um, where the youth minister shows up one morning and finds a Ziploc bag yeah. on the front door. <laughs> and it kind of goes from there. And this story, as our listeners, uh, some of you are going to be very familiar with it. You've heard it, you saw it. Uh, but then others will be hearing it for the first time right now. But this story received not only local news, but really national news mm-hmm. on the Kelly Clarkson show mm-hmm. out in Los Angeles. So tell us how Hillsborough, uh, tell us how that story came about well. and uh, how the Family Bucket Project, we were partnering together, mm-hmm. um, kind of rose it to the surface. The Family Bucket Project for Ukraine was already uh, in play already and our church was already assembling buckets and and things and so this the timing was just the first little mini miracle that took place and i will i'll tell as much of this story as as, until you get tired of hearing it but there are little tiny mini miracles all through it the first is how in the world this happened now first um this all was started by a teacher named lisa schaefer who is a metro school teacher she right now teaches at meg's magnet school in nashville and has for several years um which which leads to another mini miracle that i'll tell you about in a few moments but 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 right now she has all started this with a, a campaign that she called her a little project class project that she called tooth fairy that i think was a takeoff of tooth fairy and Tooth fairy to me is somebody, you get something for almost nothing. I mean, all I did was lose a tooth and mm-hmm. suddenly there's money under my pillow. So she had this campaign called Tooth Fairy and where they would put two $2 bills in bags around town. And, uh, and that kind of morphed into this little campaign that we became um, uh, uh, friends with. And that is um, uh, where she put a $5 or, or her students and I think she probably bankrolled the whole thing, by the way. But <laughs> they, they put five do- What arrived on our door was a $5 bill, a little sandwich bag with a $5 bill, a note, and a blue Jolly Rancher. Aww. Five bucks. And, uh, and it said, the note said something like, um, take this and spend it on yourself. Do something nice for yourself or do something nice for somebody else. Mm. And then tell us what you did with it. And so I uh, left Lisa Schaefer's uh, email address at her metro, um, metro email address. And so she apparently had challenged her class with this and given five bucks to a, a bunch of them. Or made them perhaps uh, they had to present what they would do with it. And then she picked maybe the best, I don't know, five, mm-hmm. ten. And so a little neighbor of ours named Finnegan Roberts, who must live near our church somewhere. I'm not, I'm still not positive where, but um, chose to come to Hill, to put hers at Hillsboro because, um, for two reasons. One, she wanted to put it at a church um, because she knew that, there, that churches knew how to do good things. That's a compliment mm-hmm. to her and to her family, I think. Mm-hmm. Well, she got home one night from gymnastics practice late and every parent has faced this she opened her backpack and oh mom I was supposed to take this to the church (laughs) well they were and had intended she had intended to take it where they worship which was not not Hillsboro 
But her mom suggested, well, I know that Hillsboro does good. We've helped with their Room in the Inn program several, several times. And so let's just run down there tonight. And so they did. Taped it to our front door. I don't know what day it was, honestly. We, here's the second little, first mini miracle. Wasn't supposed to come to Hillsboro, but it did because of something. <laughs> Number two, we never use that front door, rarely. We unlock them on Sunday, but Hillsboro is set on our lot so that the, the front of the building faces nothing, faces faces um, a park, a, a little tiny, like seven parking places, and then thousands of parking places in the back. And so everybody uses the back doors. Mm. We, we unlock those doors just in case somebody comes on Sunday morning in those doors. Typically, they don't. Well, that day, when I, don't, I think it was the very next day after Finnegan had put this on the door, our youth minister happened to be going out that door to take some pictures of the church building. Very rare, rarely happens. But he found the note and brought it to, brought it to he or our, um, our ministry intern, Rachel Green, may have one of them brought it and gave it to me and said, what do you want to do with this? Well, and so there was the second little mini miracle, whoever goes out that front door, but it was there. And so Joseph uh, Mankin, our awesome youth minister, found it. So they brought it to me and we decided to, from that, we talked it over a few times. Our bucket campaign was already going on with our members. We said, why not just put together, let's see what we can do with our staff. And so I told them what happened. I put it up on my, I said, give what you want to. Let's see what happens. No time at all. We got 36 bucks. Well, that wasn't quite enough to put together a bucket. Those buckets cost usually $100, $120 to fill. Mm -hmm. But with just a few more, um, a, a little more arm twist, and we got enough to do our own little family bucket. Somehow this word got to um, to the Kelly Clarkson show. I don't know how. It was Still a don't know how it happened. I really don't. Wow. I wow. wonder if it came through a, a, a Tennessean um, writer named uh, Keith Sharon had been following um, the, the teacher, uh, Lisa, and had written a couple of articles. So I think somehow that they figured that out. I don't know exactly how. All I know is I finally got a, a call from a producer from the Kelly Clarkson show that I thought was a flat-out joke. I didn't, uh, I didn't believe it. I think it was an email or a, or a text or a, not a text. It was a phone call or an email one. Wow. And so I, I treaded really, really carefully, went to the uh, elders even that night. It must have been near a Wednesday night when we meet. And so I said, here's what it is. I don't know if it's a joke or not. And they said, follow up. See what it is. God has the power to make anything uh, into a good thing. And so I followed up, and I, I, I called. Uh, Carl was the, the producer, and I, I said, I'm skeptical about this, but tell me what you want. And, and so I jumped through several hoops with them. They wanted a video submitted. They wanted photos of, uh, of our bucket campaign, of what goes into a bucket, of me with uh, the note from Thinnegan and stuff like that in hopes that they would put us on a, um, a segment, a, a nice segment later on. And uh, I'll get cut to the chase, it did. They ended up flying me out there as a secret guest to surprise Lisa and Finnegan. And Finnegan had you met and them mom. yet? Never met them. Never did until I walked out on the show that day. Had you communicated with them or just the teachers? I so had far? emailed the teacher, uh -huh. mm -hmm. um, and I had not gotten. I, I I did not know what Finnegan. I couldn't have told you anything about her at all. She had told Lisa had told me about her, and so I was really excited about it. But um, 
But I went out as the mystery guest, which, um, which put a whole lot of wrinkles into it because I couldn't, I, I couldn't fly out on the same flight with them in case uh-huh. we met in the airport or, or the plane. And so they had to keep us all separate, separate hotels, everything else. First time I met them was when I walked, walked out and they, they introduced me. So it was a blast. And that was part of why I was so excited. I, I had no idea what they looked like or sounded like. And I had heard backstage I had gotten to listen to their little intro. And then when she introduced me, I got, I got to walk out and meet them for the first time. Such a thrill. Such an incredible thrill because I love uh, Lisa's spirit through all this. Which, if you're listening to this and you have not seen that video of um, the interview, it's about a nine-minute, nine, ten-minute interview of Finnegan and um, the teacher and then Paul walking out. Uh, ch- check it out. It's in our show notes. We're oh, going to connect to it's it. It's so good. It's so good. And you walked so out with like the most energy ever, <laughs> the which was energy. so awesome. I was like, totally <laughs> authentic. I, I was, I was, so, it was such an exciting it was so thing. You. Was, yeah. I, I tell people it's so much more fun to do than to watch. It was painful to watch. I watched it <laughs> curled up in my bed um, two days later, just no. barely wanting to even peek out of the covers to watch that show. But it was a tremendous amount of fun on we filmed it on Tuesday and it aired on a Thursday. You did great. You so did. So much fun you did to do. Great. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. So, have you felt any fifteen minutes of fame, like <laughs> After Effects, from that? I, I no, no, but <laughs> no, not at all. I, I was so impressed, though. First of all, it was my first trip to California, and so mm-hmm. it was a thrill. It really was, and uh, I loved the what they treated us as like kings. I have never been um, chauffeured around before and stuff, yeah. um, and. And it was a it was a blast. I want to give you two more little mini miracles because the, I told you about the, the executive producer who had called me and who had done all my my contact was Carl Carl Newton and great great guy had many conversations with him on the phone and emails. When we got there, um, I went in there and went, they they took me straight to my little green room, and it was a different producer and I didn't know why. Where is Carl? Well, Carl's not here today, but um, but Kayla is going to take good care of, of it. She is going to be the producer today. And I didn't know why. It's because, listen to this, <laughs> it's because Kayla, who is a producer for the Kelly Clarkson show, was one of Lisa Schaefer's students at Meg <gasps> Magnet School in Nashville what? several years ago. Get out of here. Nobody knew That's it. Crazy. Even Kayla didn't know it until the day before. Aww. She had seen all the show prep and the notes, but she didn't know. Wow. That uh, that that Le- that Lisa was the guest, and so and Lisa didn't know. Lisa had no idea. Producer. No, we didn't. It was all a complete wow. miracle. Then after the show, we're in the uh, and I said several things, and let me just for the record say that they they did some masterful editing on that. The nine minutes was cut down from whatever it was. A lot of my rambling, but <laughs> I had given Healing Hands and Sea Star Kids all the credit for all this cut it out uh, because they didn't have legal permission to use those words. I also said yeah. Lipscomb several times. They had to cut each one of the, those yeah. out as well. Aww. However, we were in the, uh, the the green room afterwards, Just and then I had met Finnegan and Lisa, and so we were having a good time talking, and a very nice, handsome man came in and said, I want to meet you. Um, I'm the bass player in the band. I went to Lipscomb. Wow. Oh. And I said, no. No way. You're cool. What are you out, out here? And, I, and I've been watching the show kind of following up once a week or so to watch. And so there's just another little tiny mini miracle that you just never know 
what's going to happen? All the started way that God with can a work. $5 bill in yeah. a Ziploc bag. Oh, man. Yeah, and a school project. Story. Yeah. Indeed. And then they gave the Kelly Clarkson show, donated a $10,000 oh. gift no, let towards me tell the you about family b- bucket project, right? That, exactly right. That morning, um, after the, the dress rehearsal, the, 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 the dress rehearsal on Zoom, and this was me in my own little boring room with tons of snacks, <laughs> and I was too nervous to eat a snack. I, my, my brothers and sisters could not believe that I didn't raid that whole snack box. <laughs> but I am in there. <laughs> Cheez-Its and he Amos said cookies. He, he said after the dress rehearsal portion he said exactly right it was all that kind of good stuff he said now Paul let me prepare you Kelly sometimes will at the end of it if she is feels so moved give a little gift to the guests don't know we never know it's it's a spur of the moment thing but if so just be prepared to react however you would normally react and so I thought I have no idea what this is about but okay I'll be ready well, then, after we talked, she, she presented us with $10,000 for this bucket campaign. After the interview. After the interview. And, and man, the, and my reaction was Your absolutely reaction. Your reaction was no awesome. Idea. It was what, so good. $10,000 so plus. You had no, I mean, but you didn't have a clue no. right before she so said it. So it was genuine. No clue whatsoever. Genuine reaction. Absolutely genuine. Promise That's you awesome. that. And uh, that check arrived two weeks ago, two and a half weeks ago. It was oh, it was great. legit. We had to sign all kinds of paperwork, of course. And and I have nothing but good to say for those those folks out there. They were just Aww. awesome. Check arrived. We have distributed it to Healing Hands and to Sea Star Kids. And um, and I am absolutely thrilled with the way that all worked out. God has the ability to work through anybody with no talent or all kinds of talent. He has the ability to make it happen. Which if you're tuning in and um, just joining us here on It Takes a Village, we did an episode about the week after the invasion in Ukraine uh, took place with Gary Jerkins from Sea Star Kids. It's oh. episode 11, so you can go back and listen to that. He's great. And learn uh, more about his work, but then learn more about how we launched the Family Bucket Project. So Hillsbury did 500 buckets. We did. And then got this... Uh, national attention from the Kelly Clarkson show. What was the reaction after that? Is let's see, the next Sunday you uh, go back to church oh. and you've been flown out to LA as yeah. a special surprise guest, yeah. and you come home. It's already aired, yeah. and then you go to church the next Sunday morning. Like, just tell us what the response was like. It from- was incredible because we invited Lisa and Schaefer and uh, Lisa, Lisa, Lisa Schaefer and Finnegan and her family to join us. And they did. Oh, wow. Good. And so we got to introduce them and people, uh, our, our audience had seen it fortunately or unfortunately. And so they knew exactly (laughs) the story at that point. And so I got, I got to introduce them and let them stand and let our people show the appreciation for just the fantastic story that they brought about. Then we went into a little private lunch that we had put together with uh, some Sea Star Kids folk, with the, the Jerkins and with um, Scott Scott Saunders and some uh, Healing Hands folks. So, so then Lisa and uh, Finnegan got to meet where the money that they were responsible for would get to go and be uh, be used by. Started with five dollars. It did. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? Love it. That's that's God right there. Completely that's right. Awesome. Said said very well. Yeah. Well, so as we wrap up, we like to ask a few questions to every guest. Yeah. So, what keeps you grounded? Yeah. And what refreshes your soul? Uh, same answer. I, I I do not know how people 
especially in difficult times, go without faith and without hope. Mm -hmm. I put a huge amount of stock in the hope that God provides us through Mm -hmm. the people around us or the circumstances or just hope for the future. And especially in these days when things are very difficult, Mm -hmm. pandemic, terrible things happening in our world today. But he provides us hope that after this life, things are far, far better. Mm -hmm. And so my answer to both of those questions is faith and hope. And that is shown through the love that we show, uh, that God shows to us and that we are able to show to other people. That's great. That's great. Well, we've mentioned the name of our podcast. You know, it's It Takes a Village. And it's obvious that Hillsborough is a huge community that makes up villages of their own. But mm-hmm. just for Paul Nance personally, yeah. um, just to pull back the curtain, who is your village? Uh, who are people that mentored and discipled you throughout the years? <sighs> oh, who are man. people that... Mm-hmm you find now that Mm -hmm. um, pour into you, hold you accountable, uh, walk with you spiritually? Uh, Who is Paul Nance's village? Good question. Started with parents, of course, um, but we've touched on that already. I I tell you, in college, I got to meet with, uh, I got to uh, very familiar with Dr. Dennis Lloyd, who was the dean of students, toughest job at any college campus, in my opinion. But he did it so incredibly graciously well. He was just fantastic. And so that was a a really, really good example for me. I moved a few months later or a few years later to Valdosta, Georgia and met my second real role model. And that was a man named Bill Malone, who is still a graphic artist down there. Same job for, I don't know, 40 years, but everybody loves Bill. um, Elder in the church down there, tremendous sons and daughters-in-law and a great wife and family. And so Love Bill Malone. These days, um, one of my best friends is Mark McIntyre. We, we, we love. Uh, we have. We share similar interests. We love uh, Hillsboro. We love to burn things. We love uh, bonfires <laughs> and we love working in the yard. Things. We do. We do. <laughs> what you a give me a good bonfire, and I am good to go. Oh, okay. Yeah, Mark- I mean, bonfire is one thing to burn, but I don't know what else you're burning. Like, are you? Uh... So, what are we burning here? Uh, yeah. What are we doing? Uh, yeah. We're burning uh, leaves and sticks and oh, things okay. that we collect from Very the yard acceptable. that every yard has, and uh, and so. Uh, but but that's just one of the things that Mark and I have in common. But he is. Uh, he is my best friend these days, and, and I have several other at Hillsborough, Scott Evans and uh, Rich Grayson, who are just great. Middle of the night, refrigerator blows up or the commode explodes, I'm calling one of those guys, and they would be there for me. That's great. We all need it. We all need those people in our lives who Agreed. can uh, be there at the drop of a hat when uh, to celebrate, but then um, when other things happen in life. So that's that's encouraging yeah. to hear about your village. So thank you for coming on today. Yeah, thank you for driving over and for sharing your personal story and this amazing story about Finnegan and uh, how it ended up on the Kelly Clarkson show. Thank you so much for telling your story. It was so good. Your gift doesn't have to be a huge one. It can yeah. motivate others. And Keith wrote something that, that I, that I was struck with in his, uh, one of his Tennessean articles. Uh, he said, all right, I'm shuffling papers. He said, inspiration is contagious yeah. and it's true. So your inspiration can be two bucks, five bucks, it can be 10,000, but it, it can affect other people. And so you're right. It doesn't yeah. have to be a big, huge gift. Yeah, that's great. Thank you so much. Thanks, Terry. Thanks for coming on, Paul. Thank you, Mark. Terry, what a great conversation with Paul. 
That was uh, great. He was so good. He's got so much energy and just how uh, they as a church family have humbly accepted this moment where they receive national attention. Mm-hmm. And yeah, what was your takeaway? Yeah, I just thought he would, he's such a humble guy and he has so much energy and he has a lot of love for Hillsboro and the people around him. And I, I just love how much energy he has and he's just so excited about everything in this bucket project and the $5 story. It's just, it's just really like snowballed into this huge thing, but he's so humble and I really enjoyed talking to him. Yeah, it um, just to think through a girl who did not go to church there. Yeah. Um, uh, family was at home late one night. She needed to do something with the money. And her mom's like, hey, let's just take it down the road and tape it to the door. And she wasn't even going to go to that church no, originally. Yeah, and she just, just about thinking it. that Joseph Mankin then was walking in or just happened to go out the front door and to go take pictures. And he saw it and that he then did something with it and put it in the right hands of Paul mm-hmm. who then shared it with the staff and how they then made their own collection and their own bucket and how somehow it picked up steam in the news. And, um, but what I love about that is it started with a $5 bill and a Ziploc bag mm-hmm. and a note saying, we love you do something good with this and a Jolly Rancher and a blue Jolly Rancher. Yes. And, um, yeah, it's great. I love Paul, love his family, great conversation. And we hope that you as our listeners, uh, find encouragement from that, and uh, again, um, yeah, just thank you for tuning in to us. Yeah, and just realizing, like, it starts with something small, you know? It doesn't have to be something huge. So thanks for joining us and being a part of our community here on It Takes a Village podcast, so be sure to subscribe, subscribe rate, review, and share with a friend. Uh, follow us on social media on Instagram and Facebook at Healing Hands Int and Twitter at HHI Updates. And special thanks to Maeva for creating the jingle and to Kristen Harper and Grace Boucher who produces the podcast. And this week's episode ending shout out goes to Kristen Harper. Kristen. Kristen is on staff on our marketing team. And she's recording this podcast, and she produces this podcast, and her face is really red right now because <laughs> she did not know she was getting the episode-ending shout-out. But we really appreciate Kristen. We really appreciate she all brings, the hours, and yeah. she brings a lot of like excitement to Youthfulness this. and energy and yeah. creativity. So, Kristen, thank you for what you do for Healing Hands and It Takes a Village and for your just your positive spirit and all the energy that you put into our staff family. All right, we'll see you next time. All right, see ya.